Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Okay. Well, it's wonderful to be with you guys. And um, I, I, I was so moved tonight, actually, in my spirit, um, because of what I, what I witnessed here. And uh, just how... I, I thought I had my mic up. I thought it was up. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm actually really moved uh, in my spirit um, concerning what I'm, what I'm watching and what I'm seeing in this group. And uh, one, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm greatly encouraged. Um, literally, I could take you guys with me wherever I went because it would be a reflection and demonstration of what God wants to do in the earth. And uh, I, I believe that what I'm, what I'm seeing here tonight is um, really God's heart for this generation, for your generation, to be a worshiping community that would just abandon yourself to the Lord and let him work in your life. And my wife said it, you know, God has a plan for every one of you. And I, I really believe that. You know, I'm, I, I just turned 60 this year. I know it doesn't look like that, but... But, you know, like, I was just a young guy, 17, when I gave my heart back to Jesus. You know, I'd fell away and did a lot of drugs and, you know, messed around and stuff and flunked out of high school. And um, But God got a hold of me, right? And, uh, you know, I was telling the young people that one phrase that God spoke into my heart, go into the ministry, has for 43 years guided my life. And ministry has taken on many different forms, you know. Uh, one time I was the ministry of cleaning at a meat and seafood company. And uh, didn't know why God wanted me to do that, but uh, when I went into full-time ministry, one of my first jobs was to be over all the cleaning of our buildings and be responsible. You know, so God, you know, I want to say this to you guys, and I always, like, I'm, I'm doing this, and I feel like I got, JV just said, start doing this the whole time. <laughs> but I, I will get dizzy. But I, I want to say this to you. I, I feel this is for somebody here tonight that God wastes nothing of your life. Like, you need to know that tonight. Like, you might have looked at your life and you might have said, man, I made this mistake, I did this, or man, I failed here. Listen, I, I failed so many times. And sometimes I think, God, like, what is, like, what was, was what was that? Like, why did I have to go through that? Like, what was the point of that? Anybody feel that sometimes? Like, why am I going through this? Listen, God wastes nothing. He takes the pieces and the things that you've experienced and the things that you've walked in, and then he begins to work it in you. Listen, I got a script, a couple scriptures, okay? So let me, let me read this. If you guys got your Bibles or your phones, I'd like you to look at Philippians chapter 2. And I... I I, I hope I can get through my notes because there's some really good stuff in here tonight and I want to be able to share it with you. But what I, what I wanted to talk about was what is a spiritual person? You know, when I meet people all over the world and I start engaging, particularly unbelievers, I do a lot of prophecy with unbelievers and they'll all go, oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person. Like, what does that mean? Like, 
some people say, well, they're spiritual because they read tarot cards or they, you know, they, uh, they, they just kind of meditate or, or they go to yoga and, uh, you know, they do whatever and they say they're a spiritual person. But really, what is a spiritual person according to the Bible? And I believe that we're going to look at a man's life tonight and there are things that, number one, are identifiable. Okay, so these are the three big words I'm going to try to speak into your heart. There's identifiable things that make up a spiritual person. Then there are what I call noticeable, right? So you have to identify certain things in your life that will mark you and say, I, I, this is who I am, a spiritual person. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in God. And then, then there are things that others will notice about you, Right? And then lastly, there are things that are transferable. In other words, that God wants to take from your life and transfer it into your friends. Right? So here, let's, let's just read this verse. It says Philippians 2, 12, right? It says, therefore, my beloved. Aren't you glad God just calls you his beloved? He just loves us, right? He just loves us so much. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your, salva- your own salvation. Would you say that with me? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're not going to talk about fear and trembling tonight, but there is a healthy fear that God wants to, for us to work out our salvation with. And there's so many scriptures about the fear of the Lord and how God wants to give us a healthy fear of Him. And that we walk with holiness and righteousness in Him. But we're not going to talk about that. And then it says, For it is God who works in you. Would you say works in you? both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So, listen, God is always working on our behalf. He's always working. Even, you know, even when we don't see him, he's working. Even when we don't feel him, he's working. He never stops. Isn't that a song? Don't some of you know that song? I was expecting you to jump in and start jiving with me. But listen, he never stops working, right? And so the the point of this whole passage is that God wants us to advance. Now, when I think of advancement and what the Bible says about advancement, it actually has this idea to progress, to move forward, right? And God wants to promote us. He wants to move us forward. So listen, he wants to work in you. Would you just say, God wants to work in me? Ultimately, he's working in you, his presence, his power, his nature, and his grace. He's working in you. And that's the first thing, right? Before God can work for, let me say this way, before you can work out your salvation, he's got to work in you right? So the first real key quality of a spiritual person is you got to let God work in you, right? Just turn to someone and say, let God work in you. Come on. I'm all about interactive, okay? And then listen, he wants to work through you, right? Working out my salvation. He wants to work through you. Now, I didn't say working for your salvation. Your salvation is free, But there is an aspect as a believer that God now wants to work out our salvation. He wants all of us to work out. Work out what he's worked in. 
So like when I was a young guy, I was so messed up. I was so insecure. I was so arrogant. And, you know, I was a whole bunch of stuff like, you know, just messed up. And then God said, okay, Gary, I'm going to start working in you. And then he started working in me his nature. And he started working in me peace and joy and security and strength and confidence and all of these things that I, I did not have any of it. Right? And then he said, now, Gary, I want to work through you and I want to let that start coming out of your life. Now, you guys see me now, but like when I was in my teenage years, literally, I just always walked with my head down. I, I just, man, I was just trying to impress people and, and uh, I wasn't going anywhere. But when God began to work in me, then he said, now, Gary, it's time to work out. So he wants to work in you. Come on, say he wants to work in me. He wants to work through me. And lastly, listen, he wants to work for you. He wants to work on your behalf. I have found that as I let God work in me and I obey what he wants to work out of my life, he's always working for me. I mean, he's opening doors. He's creating opportunities. He's building relationships. He's divinely uh, providing finances for us. He's, he's working in my home. He's working in my family. Now, what I want to talk to you about again is just this guy named Daniel in the Bible, okay? Daniel, I think, is probably the, one of the key characters that we need to dive into. Like, don't worry about all the crazy dreams and pictures and all that stuff that he had. Look at his life. Daniel was this incredible young man. Now, when Daniel, just to give you some background, Daniel was a very young guy when he got transported out of uh, Jerusalem and he got transported into a place called Babylon. So he was in this place called Judah, which was praise. That's what Judah means, this place of praise. And then he goes to Babylon, which is this place of chaos. And most people say he was between 13 and probably 18 when he got transferred. He was a noble kid. In other words, he was of the nobility and he was, uh, he was probably, uh, you know, a, a, one of the elites of Jerusalem. And so the kings at that time, the conquering kings, they would take the, the key people, right? Like they just didn't want just the, the, the also-rans. They took these people because they were going to be important to them and they were going to train them and educate them. And so when you study out Daniel's life, he literally, from the time he came into captivity, the Bible says he served four or five kings, depending on if you look at Nebuchadnezzar's son as a king, and, and four or five kings for about 70 years because at the end of that seven years, they came out of captivity and Cyrus was the, one of the kings that released Israel back to their homeland. So Dan Daniel spent 70 years... And in those 70 years, Daniel made a mark on the society that was there. And so there's things about Daniel's life that were so identifiable. Let me give you a couple of them. Number or pardon me, definable, not identifiable, definable. And listen to this scripture in Daniel 5. It says this, there is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy God in him. 
In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you of what is on the wall. Now, listen, they saw Daniel in a very unique way. And so I want to say this to you. Right beliefs equal right behaviors. Right beliefs equal right behaviors. Don't focus on your behavior. Focus on your beliefs. Because if you focus on what you believe about God, God will help you with the behaviors right? By myself, I was behaving like a madman. But when I let God begin to change, begin to change my thinking of what I believed. First, what I believed about him. And secondly, what I believed about myself. All of a sudden, those actions, those mindsets, those that began to change, all of a sudden, it flowed out in my lifestyle. It flowed out how I began to behave. And so, right theology equals right behavior. And so we see in Daniel that he had an understanding of who God was. Now, listen, there's things that define Daniel. And I think as a generation, these are the things that got to define us. Number one, the Bible says he was a man of prayer. And so he had this relationship where he was connecting with God. And look, listen what it says in Daniel 6, verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his uh, knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks for, before his God as he did. Uh, what was so unique about this situation is there had just been an edict from the king. The king, you know, this guy was a madman, and he created this statue, and he said to everybody in the land, everybody must bow down and worship. And Daniel was like, uh, no, that's not going to happen. That's, I'm not going to do that. And so he knew that people were watching him. But he said, I'm not going to let the culture or even the edicts of a madman dictate to me I'm going to define my life by certain things. And I am a man of prayer. And so he got in his normal prayer routine. He opened his windows. They, everybody knew where he was living. And he bowed and he began to pray. Young people, God wants you to be people of prayer. That it marks your life. Where you just have this relationship with God, right? Like, don't overcomplicate prayer. It's just a conversation with God. It's you speak, he speaks. You listen, he listens, right? You respond, he responds. And so as you develop that walk, let's be defined as a generation that prays. Then Daniel, listen, he says that he was a man of wisdom and discernment. Daniel 2, verse 14, watch. He says, then with counsel and wisdom, wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. Again, the crazy king. 
he issues this decree. He says, look, he had a dream. The king had a dream. And the king said, um, he said to all his magicians and, you know, all those guys, he said, uh, listen, I had a dream. I want you to tell me the dream, and then I want you to tell me the answer. And, like, they were like, uh, dude, like, come on. Like, give us a fighting chance. And, he, and then he said, if you don't tell me that, I'm going to kill you. And so they're like, they're all freaking out, right? And, and so they, they go out, and the Bible says he started killing people, and Daniel was one of the guys that was going to be killed. And so to the guy, Arioch, this guy, he was the main killer. He was the guy who took the king's decree and began to start slaughtering people. And so Daniel had wisdom, and he had counsel. And he walked into a very difficult situation. How many have had a very difficult situation in your life? Listen, what I found is the old Gary, I would emote. I would, I would freak out. I, I'd be anxious and, and I'd, I'd try to figure it all out. Listen, when God's working in you, he wants to give you wisdom and counsel to know how to deal with this. And Daniel goes, he says, hey, uh... I know you want to kill me, but give me a few days. Just give me a few days. And, and because he had a right heart and he did it in a right way, the, king, the, the, the guy said, okay. And so Daniel and his friends, they go, go to prayer, right? Again, everything is line upon line. You can't have one without the other. So they went back to prayer and they began to pray. And in Daniel chapter two, the Bible says, Daniel receive the answer and he begins to just praise God and he says this amazing thing how God changes the seasons and the times and he raises up one ruler and he takes down another and he and he gives wisdom and understanding and knowledge and and he reveals what's in the darkness and he brings it to light and he just begins to describe how God works in situations and then he goes to the king and he, he says king I got you and he gives the king the dream. And then he gives the king the answer. And the king is flabbergasted. Listen, God wants to raise up a generation of young people, young adults, who would, with wisdom and counsel, go into difficult situations and have the answers that people are looking for. Crazy story. I was, uh, I was in Taiwan. And, um, you know, I always work through churches. And so I'm working with a friend. He's a pastor. And he always says to me, Gary, I'm going to set up some meetings with some, he calls them VIPs. Really, they're just unsaved business people. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's, I'm going to set up this, this meeting with this uh, business guy. So uh, we sit down and, you know, greet each other and just a lot of pleasantries. And, and uh, I said, hey, listen, my name's Gary. I'm not a fortune teller. Um, I always have to say that, you know. I said, listen, um, sometimes God speaks to me. Would you like to know what God thinks? He goes, yes, I would. So I, you know, unpack something and he goes, <laughs> just like that. He goes, stop. Can we talk about what you just said? So I said, sure. And so we unpacked that a little further. And, and uh, like, you know, I, I, all the time I'm kind of weaving the gospel through it, you know, just talking about Jesus. And, and um, we get kind of finished through this whole thing. It's about a half hour of just talking to this guy. And I said, hey, uh, uh, two things. Um, that I just feel like God spoke to me and uh, I don't know if this applies to you. I said, the first thing I heard was um, uh, global technology. 
I said, if, if I were to describe you, I would describe you as Times Square, all the TVs and the lights and all that kind of stuff. And the pastor, he looks at the pastor, and the pastor goes, I didn't say anything. And I said, now, I'm going to, I, I heard this name, Crystal. I said, now, I don't think it's a girl's name. I said, does Crystal mean anything to you? He goes, who told you that? I said, I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 who told you that? I said, sir, I, I, I'm just listening to God. And he goes, first of all, I run the second largest global technology company in our country. Last year, we did $3 billion in sales. I said, oh, okay. And he goes, Crystal is a brand new technology. We have not even released it. I said, oh, okay. It's not a girl's name. That's great. <laughs> He said, no, this is amazing. Nobody knows this. I said, well, somebody does. And it's God. And we began to talk about just that. And just God gave me some other things, just kind of conversationally. And he said at the end of the conversation, every time you come back to Singapore, uh, Taiwan, he said, I want to meet with you. So I said, well, you know, the pastor's here. If I'm, you know, And I, I've met with him a few more times. You know, last year, my wife, she does some interior design. And so she was working with this family in our church. And they bought a cottage. And so she, the, the, the husband bought three TVs. And I have a picture of it. On the TV box, it said Crystal UHD. It was that technology. Now listen, I'm just Gary from Hamilton. But God wants to put you in situations that require wisdom and counsel and understanding. And God wants to raise up a generation that would not just have knowledge that everybody else possesses, but you would have the knowledge of God working in your life. But listen, it, it can only come through prayer. It can only come as you be men and women who walk with God and let God just begin to work in your heart. Amen? Now, now listen, here's another one. He was a, a man who was gifted. He was a man who was gifted. Let me stop there. Let me, I, I, I missed one. He was a man who was holy. The Bible says in Daniel 1 verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself by the king's delicacies. And so what defined Daniel's life, a man of prayer, but also a man of holiness. Pastor Phil said it just as he took the mic tonight. He talked about being separated. We prayed about holiness. We sang about holiness. But there is a need in this day for a generation of young men and women who would stand and be holy. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying be perfect. But I am saying someone who has convictions in their spirit that said, I will not defile myself by the king's delicacies. I will not put my heart, put my life into positions where I will be compromised. Daniel had his life defined by this. 
I mean, it was at this moment, if you read Daniel chapter 1, it's a, it's a powerful passage because the, the king, what they used to do is they began to educate them. And they began to like, like change everything. They changed their dress. They changed their hairstyles. Basically, they had no hair. And, you know, they, they, they put tattoos on them. They, they marked them. They, they asked, uh, gave them specific things to drink and to eat. Some of those things were of a, of a pagan nature. And then they, they forced them into education camps where they began to ta- teach them the language. They began to teach them the customs. They began to teach them behaviors. And what they were always trying to do was just kind of mold them into their image. And the Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to submit to that. And with wisdom and counsel, he goes before the guy who tried, was going to kill him. And he says, hey, listen, do you mind if, if me and my buds here, we fast and we only kind of eat what we normally eat, like vegetables and fruit? And, and the, the, the guy's like, look, if, if when the king looks at you and he thinks you're scrawny, I'm going to die. Daniel says, listen, we got it. And so Daniel does what Daniel does. And the Bible says, after the king examined him, after three and a half years, after the king examined him, he said, Daniel and his friends were 10 times better than everybody else. Let it be said that right in this group, people say, this guy's 10 times better. This lady's 10 times better. This guy's 10 times better. This lady's 10 times better. Oops. Stepped on something. Let it be said of this generation that we are defined by something more than what society would define us. We set the definitions by God. Actually, God sets them, but we choose to align with those definitions. Last one. He was a gifted man. Listen to this scripture, Daniel 5, verse 12. He said, uh, Daniel, whom the king called Belshazzar, was found to have a keen mind, knowledge, understanding, and the ability to interpret dreams, even riddles, and solve difficult problems. You see, Daniel wasn't afraid to exercise his gifts when called upon. I don't know if I've told you this story before, but I was in the Virgin Islands in February. Now, that's a good thing if you're, if you're a Canadian, right? Like, I was like, I, I just recently reached out to them and said, hey, uh, I'm free in February. Can you bring, invite me down again? So I, I'm down there, and uh, the pastor's wife, her brother, is a senator. He's like, a, like the whole islands there, they have a senate, and uh, like 12 or 15 senators, and and uh, they have a governor of each island. And, and so her brother was a senator. And I told her, I said, hey, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything about your brother. Just don't tell me anything. So I met him, you know, took a selfie. You know, I'm with the senator, you know. And um, I, we're at church one day. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of just prophesying. Oh, is that, is that creating? Okay, Sorry. Sorry. My wife will tell me, you need to learn how to hold the mic. I know. See, look at her. She's looking at me. That's why I'm looking over here. Okay. So um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just kind of walking around the room prophesying over some people. And I come to this guy. He's there. So I just say, hey, you know, sir, I just want to tell you that I, I just feel like the word of the Lord to you is that I see you building a youth arts and recreational center. And I said, this uh, nation has lost its identity. And everybody said, we're an island. And he just looked at me and said, yes, nation. 
And I said, this nation has lost its identity. In fact, they're in search of identity. And I said, I believe you're going to be instrumental in bringing a, a fresh identity to the young people of this nation. And he just looked at me. And uh, I went on and just kind of ministered. At the end of the service, he walked up to me and he said, um, uh, you need to come to the Senate on Monday. I was like, uh, I'm going to the beach. I said, do, do you mind if, like, if I wear my shorts? And he goes, no, go ahead. And so, you know, I, I, I go to the Senate and he shows me around and he introduces me to a bunch of senators. And, and uh, he walks in his office and he tells his secretary, he says, nobody calls, not even my mother. I said, okay, serious stuff. So we sit down. He goes, who, 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 who talked to you? Did my sister talk to you? I said, no, no, Senator. I asked her, in fact, not to, not to say anything to me. And he goes, uh, the last number of years, I've been working with the Danish government or Dutch government, and uh, I'm raising 10 million. They're raising 10. And we're building a youth arts and recreational center. And then he handed me a pamphlet. I still have it at home. And he said, uh, this is what we have called it. And the title of it was In Search of Identity. He goes, does God have any more? And I said, yes, Senator. I want to tell you a few more things. So, um, you know, we're Facebook friends, right? So I'm Facebooking him, you know. And, and uh, just recently, you know, one of the elections, um, he gets reelected. So I Facebook him, you know, messenger, say, hey, congratulations, Senator. It's just so, so thrilled for you. And and he says, uh, emails me back. He says, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, call me at this time. You know, so he calls me and he says, uh, Gary, um, you know, thank you very much. You know, pleasantries. And, and he says, uh, I had a dream and I don't have the answer. I said, okay. He says, you, you got to give me the answer. I said, I don't, I don't do that, Senator. He goes, no, I need the answer. I said, okay, Senator, let's just pray. So I just prayed, simple prayer. I said, now, I want you to tell me the dream. And so as he began to tell me, immediately a TV screen dropped in front of me. And I began to see words on the screen. And so I was listening, but I really wasn't paying attention. I was just writing what God was telling me. And I said, Senator, here it is. And I said, this is going to happen very quickly. I said, this is uh, the point that you're feeling insecure, but it's going to happen. He said, and I heard him on the other end. <laughs> And he goes, Gary, I don't know if I can do this. I said, Senator, I believe you can. Remember when we sat in your office and we talked about something? He goes, yeah. I said, this is the moment, Senator. This is the time. He goes, oh, oh. okay, okay, Gary. And two weeks later, he sent me a vision, a, a, a video of the exact dream coming to pass. Now, listen, I, 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 I want you to hear this. I really mean this. I say this all over the world. My wife can attest to it. I'm Gary from Hamilton. When I say that in Asia, no one knows where Hamilton is. Maybe one dude, like, ah, I know where Hamilton, but most, most times, nobody knows where Hamilton is. And it's a great reminder to me that I, I, I don't need to be known but I know one who knows me and he has the answers. Young men, young ladies, every one of you has gifts that God wants to activate in this hour so that you can be positioned to do something with significance. 
God wants to define this generation of people as gifted people who have answers for the seasons that people are walking through. I can't tell you how many times I've interpreted dreams and I'm not a dream interpreter. I haven't read, read the book, 24 Ways to Interpret Dreams. I, I don't read books like that. But I know someone who gives the dreams. And so if he gives the dreams, he's going to have the answers to the dreams. Come on, amen? So every one of you, listen, would you let your life be defined by prayer? Would you let your life be defined by holiness? Would you let your life be defined by wisdom and counsel? Would you let your life be defined by gifts that God would give you? Paul says to Timothy, he said, Timothy, stir up your gift. And then he says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, when you read the context, it's in the context of Timothy using his gifts. So listen, I know this for fact. It's scary using your gifts. It's scary stepping out. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The second thing I want to say is this. Everything in Daniel's life that he allowed to define him, all of a sudden, others began to take notice. Hey, king, there's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of God in him. It was so evident. Listen to what the scripture says. It says in Daniel 6, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was defined by certain things. And then it says this, um, then these men, Oh, it says, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the laws of his God. In other words, Daniel possessed an unwavering faith in God that God was working in his life. And as a result, he didn't need to be noticed. God would cause him to be noticed. He didn't seek out promotion. God said, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make sure people see that you are a man of God. God wants to do that. And lastly, listen. So we have definable. We have noticeable. People want to take notice. You know, Paul says it this way to Timothy. He says this. He says, um, don't let anyone neglect your gift. He actually says, don't let anyone despise you. Like, don't let anyone despise your youth. I shared this on Friday night. And then uh, towards the end, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress. You know what that means, that word? Advancement, promotion. How many would like some promotion? Only a third of you? Come on, how, how many would like some promotion? You'd like God to set you up. Listen, I, I believe God wants to promote people. I believe God wants to move you in new, new, new ways. He wants to advance you. He wants to move you forward. In fact, Sarah's here tonight. I, I don't want to embarrass Sarah, but Sarah was at church this morning, and I shared something with her after the service. Psalm 118, verse 25, it says this. It says, Save me now, I pray, O Lord, and send now prosperity. Now, prosperity in the Bible, generally, it means wealth. 
right? But in this passage, it doesn't mean wealth. It means this, a divine push. That's what it means. So David's saying, look, God, save me. Like, just keep working in me. But Lord, send your divine push. How many need a divine push? You need God to just kind of advance you. So we've got, listen, we've got definable, we've got noticeable, and lastly, we've got transferable. Now, Daniel had three guys who were his mates, his friends, right? Daniel's the leader. Daniel's the one who's being noticed and promoted. But there came a moment in their lives where the king, again, the crazy guy, he, he wants them to worship him, and they say, hey, king, sorry, it's a no-go for us, right? And, and the king, he grabs hold of them, and he says, uh, he hears about it, and he gets this fire going, right? And he, he, he gets so angry. They come to the king, and they say, hey, look, um, just FYI, like, if God doesn't save us, it's okay. Because we're not bowing down to you, Right? He's, like I said, we're not bowing down to you. And we're not going to do that. We're going to serve God. And if God doesn't save us, it's okay. And the king gets furious. And so much so, he heats the fire so much that the people who were around the fire died. The, 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 high, the, the fire was so hot. And so then he throws these guys into the fire. And as the song goes, there's another in the fire. And Jesus was walking in the fire with them. And not one hair on their head was singed. And the king looked in and he said, I thought we threw three guys in. But there's a fourth guy that looks like the son of man. And they walk out. They just walk out. You know, That was a little warm good got a bit of a tan hallelujah and the king says from this moment their God shall be our God we will serve him anybody who disses their God is done you see when you're living a life like Daniel was and you're doing definable things people start noticing and then you have the opportunity to transfer those things onto people so that they become part of a generation that can do wonders for God, right? After the king examined them, he examined Daniel and his three friends and he found them 10 times better. Let it be said of this group right here that God wants you to be 10 times better. Come on. What's defining your life? What right now, right this moment is defining your life? Is it your career? Is it your friendships? Is it your current circumstances? Is it the voices that have come at you all your life? Or are you saying, no, no, no. My, my life is defined by prayer, relationship with God. Walking as holy as I can. Walking in wisdom and counsel and using my gifts for the glory of God. I'm here to tell you God wants to do that in this room tonight.
Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Was that okay? I didn't talk too long. Listen to the, to the last verse of Daniel chapter 3. It says this, that, you know, the king was so amazed, right? He said, therefore, I make a decree to, that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. I mean, that guy was just a crazy guy. And their houses shall be made as ash sheep because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Young people, you serve that God. No other God can deliver like this. And then it said this, watch and listen to the language. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province. In other words, the same word, he prospered them. He, he put a divine push. He advanced them above everybody else in the land. And these four Hebrew boys who were young at age, they purposed in their heart to be defined by certain things. Would you tonight, just as a conviction, would you purpose in your heart, God, I want to be defined by prayer. I want to be defined by holiness. God, I want to be defined by wisdom and counsel and uh, uh, as a man or woman operating in the gifts that you've given me. Lord, I, 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 it doesn't matter if I'm noticed. But Lord, I want to take my life and I want to transfer it into other people that they would walk with me and they would be the same, Lord, that we would be a generation that would be holy and set apart for God. God, I just pray tonight for every person in this room. I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would just uh, work in their heart. Lord, that uh, right, right thinking, right theology, equals right behavior. Lord, it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. And so, God, we want you to transform our hearts. We want you to renew our minds and transform our hearts so that we think as you would think. Lord, that we would, we would live as you would live so that we could be a blessing and we could see others experience the same advancement same promotion. Lord, I pray for every person here that's struggling in a moment in their life right now. You are God and you want to touch them. You want to heal them. You want to strengthen them. Nobody's looking around. I just want to say this. I ask you, hey, if you're here tonight and, um, you know, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're just going through a very, very difficult time. And uh, you, you, you feel anything but promotion. You feel like you're being defined by really all kinds of crazy things. Tonight, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. If that's you and you're saying, Gary, I, I need prayer, would you just put up your hand right now? And uh, I want to pray for you. Yeah, sure. Look, there's great hands going up. I appreciate your obedience and your, your just willingness. Why don't you do this? I, I, I just, just stand up. Just stand up. And uh, I, I, I'm really, uh, I think it's really important to, um, to just stand and, and say, God, I need you. I'm, I'm standing right now. Listen, tonight God wants to define you. All right? And uh, like it, it's going to be impossible to prophesy over everybody. Uh, but I want to prophesy over you that are standing right now. 
that this marks a moment of demarcation in your heart and in your life. Listen, right now, it's a demarcation. It's a, it's a place where you put a, a pole in the ground and you say, this is the moment where I am no longer going to be defined by my circumstances. I'm no longer going to be defined by the troubles that I'm walking through, but I'm going to be defined as God sees me. I'm going to be uh, become a person that has a deeper relationship with God. I'm going to walk in holiness, and I'm going to have wisdom and counsel, and the gifts of God will be going forward in my life. I, I just speak over you right now that God is breaking off every label. Every label. Listen, right now, I just heard that in my spirit. Somebody, or, or maybe all of you, are feeling like you've been labeled. You know, I, a long time, I was labeled as a loser. I was labeled as, uh, you know, stupid, dumb. You're never going to amount to anything. I, I, that was the labels of my life. And, and God began to break those labels off my life. Come on, just, just begin to ask God to break every label right now. Lord, I, I pray, break every label off of every heart right now. Lord, you define them. You define them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at Vivi Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.